want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Bitch, you lost. Boss, T-Pain. I got a fresh lineup, get a fresh outfit. Bout to have a parking lot on smash. Plus, I got a Chevy with a 454 in the hood. That bitch got 125 on the dash. I'm the biggest boss that you've seen thus far. I'm the, I'm the biggest boss that you've seen thus far. I'm the biggest boss that you've seen thus far. Cause it's just another day in the life of the goddamn boss. Welcome to the Let's Be Honest podcast. I'm your host, Frank Styles. And this is episode 12 of today's program. I appreciate everyone supporting the podcast. If you haven't had an opportunity to, feel free to go and uh, listen to previous episodes on uh, all of our uh, platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, also you can check out all the episodes of the podcast at bossradiostation.com. We appreciate all the feedback that we've been receiving um, regarding our last episode, which was... Um, pastors, problems, and politics. Got a lot of good feedback on that, so uh, we really appreciate you guys out there supporting us and the listening audience and sharing it with everybody. But today is episode 12, and uh, we're going to actually talk about the Stand Your Ground Law. Um, LaJuan Mitchell will be joining us today, as well as special guest and former Buffalo Police Officer Carol Holloman. The interesting story about Ms. Holloman is Ms. Holloman was fired from her job as a police officer when she stopped another Buffalo police officer who happened to be white uh, from choking a suspect while he was handcuffed. So you've heard in my past episodes where we actually talk about the blue wall of silence. She actually, as a police officer, spoke up and defended wrongdoing that she saw and was, in my opinion, wrongly fired. Ms. Holloman is uh, 19 years on the force, and in those 19 years, it takes 20 for you to be able to receive your pension. Since she was fired, she was no longer allowed to receive her pension and has since been having a hard time making ends meet. Not a hard time, but doing some other things to make ends meet to provide for her family. Here's her story. Less than a week ago, seven protesters were arrested for blocking the intersection of Franklin and Court during Mayor Byron Brown's State of the City address. One of them used to wear a badge herself. Good evening, everyone. News Force Jen Sean sat down with former Buffalo police officer Carrie L. Horn. She opened up about why she became an activist and what made her join this particular movement. Jen? Well, Nalina Horn was on the force for almost 20 years. She was fired after she intervened during an arrest. Horn says she feared the arresting officer was going to hurt or even kill the man. Friday, she joined in protesting the recent death of an unarmed Buffalo man following a police encounter. I don't have anything else to lose. Former officer Carrie O'Horn didn't know Wardell Davis personally. The 20-year-old died February 8th after a run-in with Buffalo police on the city's west side. The case is being investigated by the attorney general's office. For Horn, it represents a cause close to home, one she says cost her a job. She was fired in 2008 after she accused a fellow officer of choking a suspect, leading to a physical confrontation. The other officer, now retired Lieutenant Gregory Kwiatkowski, was later indicted on a separate case involving excessive use of force. Horn has been outspoken about the need for more transparency and accountability within the department. 
Friday, she locked arms with fellow protesters and was arrested. And they said, are you going to resist? I said, no. So then I, um, they helped me stand up and I put my arms behind my back. They put the cuffs on me. It was the first time she's been on the other side of handcuffs. I felt empowered. I felt like, like the situation was necessary in order to enact change. It's a change she says she'll keep speaking out for. Horn was just shy of receiving her pension and has had to work as a truck driver to make ends meet. Activism, she says, has given her a new purpose. And then an officer said that to me, like, why would you get arrested? I said, because. Why, uh, why is the department not listening to what people are trying to say? Now, because the AG's office is investigating the Davis case, the department will not comment. From a policy standpoint, Horn is pushing for more protections for officers who speak out against the police department. She also supports extending the public's access into officers' backgrounds. Live in the newsroom tonight, Jen Schantz, News 4 at 530. We're back. I'm Frank Stiles, and again, welcome to the Let's Be Honest podcast. This is episode 12. And uh, joining us today, we have my co-host, uh, LaJuan Mitchell, you guys heard him last week on episode 11 where we discussed uh, politics, uh, pastors, and problems. If you guys haven't checked that episode out, make sure you check it out. And uh, we've gotten getting a lot of good feedback on that episode. But uh, today we actually have, via teleconference, another special guest, Miss Carolyn Horn, who is a former boli- uh, Buffalo police officer who was let go, basically fired from her job for stopping another police officer who had a suspect handcuffed and basically choking him or assaulting him. She worked 19 years on the Buffalo Police Force, and they fired her. What makes it so bad about this situation that happened a couple years back was the fact that this same police officer that she stopped from assaulting um, this a suspect was later then convicted um, of the same thing, assaulting a a, a suspect. Miss um, Horn, is that is that correct in saying that as well? Was I correct in giving that description? Yeah, actually, he was brought up on federal civil rights charges, so it wasn't just you know a regular. Um, police investigation. It was through the the FBI. So he pled guilty to using unreasonable excessive force. And then he turned around and testified against two other officers who were just found not guilty. Mm. But um, he he admitted that he he lied and and sworn testimony. Um, And he just got on the stand and I mean, I already know that he lied in my case, but Mm -hmm. to say that to admit that he lied in the same hearings like the PSD, which is Professional Standards Division, which is like the Internal Affairs, mm-hmm. um, to admit that he lied in this in the statement to them. Um, like I said, I know he lied in mine, but now he's he's admitted that he lied in another statement. And to also say that he lied um, basically during sworn testimony. Hmm. You know, that I'm just wondering if that gives me grounds to go back to get my pension. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about I that. Like let, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Let us talk about that a little bit because we went into, uh, you know, the viewers heard the clip from uh, a little bit earlier in the introduction. But let's just talk about let's let's go back to the beginning of that and 
Um, we're also, um, for our listening audience, we're also talking about the stand your ground law, and she's going to provide expertise in that area as well and give her opinions on the stand your ground and what's going on with that. Um, but, Ms. Horn, let's, let's start in the beginning. What, what, um, what made you want to get into law enforcement in the city of Buffalo? Um, simply, I passed the test, and that was it. <laughs> okay. I did not want to be a police officer. I mean, it was not on my radar. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a nurse, and um, I actually was learning computer programming mm-hmm. at the time, which is something, of course, I should have stayed into. But, you know, I um, my son's father was taking the test, and he talked me into taking it. I passed, and I became a police officer. Wow. Okay. Okay. You know, a lot of times I, I ask that question because a lot of people say, oh, you know, I always wanted to get into law enforcement. I, I wanted to use this as a, a jump start, you know, to get into other things or become an attorney or, you know, work for the city as a, you know, assistant DA or DA. Um, so that's, a, that's, that's different. That's the first time I've heard someone say, I just took the <laughs> test and passed. So I just went ahead and did it. So, um, so you being a police officer, you know, you're working, your you're, you're working on a, you know, day to day, night to night, going after the bad guys, if you will. Was there at any time that you saw anything else that you felt was wrong from a law enforcement standpoint? Because you always hear about, you know, the blue wall of silence. A lot of people say that even today with what's going on today and how much, um, police brutality that's being captured, you know, with cell phone and, and, and video, video footage and in the media, have you ever seen anything else besides that officer um, at that time that, you know, that you stopped? Had you ever seen anything else that you were thinking like, maybe this is, this is not something that, you know, is right? Or, you know, did you ever see any of that? Well, I call it the um, blue wall of violence mm. and crossing the blue lie because um, it is a blue lie. It's like um, whatever you have on the street you have in the police department. So, yes, I, I have seen um, violence um, on the police department. And basically you feel powerless to, well, you. I felt powerless to do anything about it. And I didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Well, one time there was a, a robbery suspect, and um, they were beating him in the head with a flashlight. And so I said to myself, if they hit him one more time, I'm going to stop him. This is like, I was only on a few years then. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they hit him in the head again with the flashlight. And I didn't do anything because I just sat there and froze because I didn't know what to do. Like, who do you call a police on when the police are the ones that are being violent? Right. So I didn't do anything. And, you know, he kept saying, I know my rights. You know, he kept saying that he didn't. Um, it was a, it was um, a person that got robbed the Caucasian lady that got robbed at the ATM. Mm-hmm. And I guess um, he was the person that fit the description, which normally the description was black male, dark clothing. So that could be anybody that was walking down the street that was a black male at the time. Right. Could have been wearing, he could have been wearing a, a, a white jumpsuit and he still would have got pulled over or stopped. But either way it goes, um, there is um, violence that goes on, but most of the cops are decent cops. Mm-hmm. But a journalist friend of mine broke it down when he said um, that he saw where someone else had written, 20% of the cops are bad, 
20% of good, and it's the 60 that's in between. That's the real problem because they do and say nothing. Mm. That, that definitely. Ms. Horn, why is that? Excuse me? Why is that? Why is there such a vast amount of people that they know what their job is, but they really don't try to do their job? Even if they are police officers, they see that someone is being attacked. Why aren't they doing or saying anything towards that? Because they'll end up like me fired wow. you know i had 20 years on the job they won't even credit me with 20 um with 20 years they keep saying that i have 19 years but even if i had 19 years no suspensions um obviously i did something right so what would be the problem that i wouldn't get my um, pension because i stopped someone from um killing someone he could have been another air gardener so because i stopped it i get fired and he continued to do it. He was even promoted, promoted to the point where he's the um, the lieutenant over two officers who shoot the boys with the BB gun. And like I said, they just were found not guilty by a jury. But I went to the court case, and there was reasonable doubt. So their lawyers did their job. You know, now they're back on the streets to go and do it to someone else. But for cops who stop it or want to stop it, it's not enough um, that will band together to do that. I actually moved to North Carolina because I wanted to get away from the stigma that I had in Buffalo as if I was the one that did something to someone or I killed somebody because I stepped across the the blue wall of violence and decided to speak up about it and continue to speak up about it. I'm ostracized. You know, we have a black mayor there, and basically it's like um, the community is divided. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you the, know, so it's like... Yeah, I was going to say, the listening audience, just so you know, she's talking about uh, Mayor uh, Byron Brown, um, who is the mayor of... Uh, in of, Buffalo. In Buffalo. Now, I, I heard... New rec- York. Yeah, in Buffalo, New York. I, I, I heard recently, did you... Um, you had a meeting with him, correct? Where, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, he said that you were almost at the end of any, being able to do anything else regarding your case, correct? Um, I had a meeting with him um, years ago, mm-hmm. and basically the meeting was just, as far as I can see it was, it was just a front. Basically, like, give her her meeting, nothing that's going to come out of it. So with the news cameras, he tells me to, I forgot what he, exactly what he told me to say, but me, like a dummy, went out there and said what he told me to say because I felt like, well, maybe he's going to think about it. Maybe I'm going to get my pension, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I was thinking about my kids at the time. So I said, well, um, oh, the meeting, he said the meeting was um, something like promising, successful. It wasn't successful. Something like, something along those lines. So basically, I felt like, well, you know what? He listened to me. Maybe, you know, he'll he'll um, reconsider or, you know, I, I want my pension. Right. Um, so maybe I'll get my pension. So I just went out and said whatever uh, line he told me to say, which was total BS, because I didn't feel like, you know, I was promised anything. He did offer to give me a job after I... After I um, got a disability and I said I don't understand that I'm either disabled and I can't work mm-hmm. or I get a job I don't understand 
why I have to say that I'm disabled. And I said, and if you want to use a disability, I have one from the police department. So we use that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we can't do that. So then he, he sends me to see the city's um, attorney. And so she's telling me the same thing. Like, here, take these papers, go to a doctor and basically get a diagnosis. And then we can um, put you into a, um, a, um, a job, like starting an entry-level job. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, like, why do I have to go to an entry-level job? Why can't I go back to the police department, you know? Right. So, you know, he wanted to satisfy to the to, um, people, the community who was who were coming to him and were saying, hey, like she has children. You know, you you need to do something. So he figured, okay, you know what? Um, I get her a job, and, and I don't know why he felt like I couldn't just take a test and pass. Um, because I could have, right. you know, um, so I didn't need him to give me an entry level job. I could have done that on my own, but either way it goes, that was just his way of saying, listen, I tried, mm. you know, a formality um, for him. and for me. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, he was like, well, they, they were trying to offer you 10 day suspension. Why didn't you take that? I said, well, had I known I was going to be fired, don't you think I would have taken 10-day suspension? Well, I would not take the 10-day suspension because I didn't do anything. And I kept saying, why do I have to take the 10-day suspension? I didn't do anything. Why don't you give him 10-day suspension? He's the one that's been doing, beating up people and doing all of this stuff. And they they um, were like, no, the current commissioner now, Byron Lockwood, mm-hmm. he says, we have to do something. I met him at, a, an, at an IHOP. So... He was saying, we have to do something. I'm like, well, what? What are you saying? Why do we have to do something? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And he just kept saying, we have to do something. We have to do something. And, you know, um, the thing about it was, well, the reason why they really came down on me was because the attorney that I had, because the union backed out. So the attorney that I had, was his strategy was to show corruption from the top down. So he basically was trying to let them, you know, try to um, set the stage to say, okay, listen, the commissioner has issues all the way down to the officers is basically what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he called the commissioner a crackhead. Now, that information didn't come from me. I had heard it just like he heard it. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't my issue. My thing was I don't care what the commissioner did. I know what I didn't do. And um, he decided that, you know, I guess he wanted to – make a name for himself and be like the next Johnny Cochran, which, you know, he had, he had guts about it, but it, um, and Buffalo is very political. So you have to kind of, they want you to play their game. Mm-hmm. And so basically, um, you know, I basically had to take the fall because he brought that out. You know, eventually that commissioner was fired um, along with the city's attorney. She was also fired along with, one of the officers who lied in my case. And then um, this one, um, Gregory Kwiatkowski, you know, he pled guilty to federal civil rights violations. So mm-hmm. um, so basically that shows you right there, just in my case alone, um, at least four four people other than myself, because then I would make the fifth person. Um, and then there was also another one who, who shot someone. So it's like issues with different people that have been in my case to basically persecute me, but that's karma. Right, right. Um, I'm gonna let me ask you this. 
are, are we saying, and are you saying this, because, and I hope this is not true, because I remember, um, I, th- I want to say I was in, how, how long has Byron Brown been um, mayor of Buffalo now? Hmm. 12 years of Twelve years a slave, so it's been twelve going on thirteen years, I believe. Yeah, so I, I remember when he when um, when he was running. So are we are, are we saying here that Byron Brown has the power to the ability to give you your pension back? It's just a matter of him doing it. Um, I'm not sure what he has the power to do mm-hmm. because the state told me that what uh, the city only sent over like nineteen years. They didn't send over all of the correct time. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 19.1 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they said, hey, if they send us over 20 years, that's what we'll do. We'll give you 20 years. But they don't want to do that. Mm. Why? I don't know. But I basically just moved here to just get away from that stigma and make sure that my um, youngest child, I mean, the other four are working, um, and they have gone to school. All of them are um, either got GEDs or two got GEDs and two graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, three went on to college and the other, the fourth one, she's, she's going on to college. So it's not like um, they are just out being a nuisance to society. Right. But my um, youngest, you know, I want him to have a chance because a lot of that time I was going through depression, you know, mm-hmm. because I couldn't understand, like, why is it like this? Why don't they just make the officers accountable? You know, why do I have to, um, why do I have to suffer because they want to cover up for this guy? And he went on to choke another officer while on duty. He also like fought another one off duty. Um, it's like he did different things. There's another guy that he, that he beat up that I got wind up. Um, so it's like five other in a DWI or DUI or whatever they want to call it, mm-hmm. like six different incidents that I know about him, and that's what I know. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, there's things, of course, I'm sure that I don't know, but this is what this officer has done in all of these years. And me, of course, I got put, I, I got um, locked up two times mm-hmm. um, last year. What was it this year? This is 18, 17. Okay, so I got locked up. Um, last year in 2017 for protesting mm-hmm. and then when i went to court when i went to court for protesting i got locked up for being in court and found guilty for not leaving the courtroom because i said to the officer why would i leave he said i was videotaping the inside of my purse in the courtroom like who does that right <laughs> what is going on <laughs> what is really going yeah, on he said, yeah exactly so it's my name and, you know, because my my um, kids have my last name, mm-hmm. I didn't want them to have to go through the stuff that I've gone through. So, well, we welcome or you. Or not get a job because of their last name. Well, <laughs> well we welcome you to the, the, the state of North Carolina, and uh, hopefully <laughs> you can uh, you can find some peace here. Um, one, I want to go ahead and pass it on to you and uh, let you ask the, what questions you have for Ms. Horn. Uh, one thing I was really curious about is what was the official reason for termination? Um, they said that I jumped on his back um, and or pulled him and or hit him. So that's like saying I either stabbed or, or shot him. Like, did I have a gun or did I have a knife? Like, which one? Make up your mind. 
So, and uh, those were the actual charges. I mean, actually, I think I, I read the way that they, they, they charge you as something like obstruction or something like that. Oh, yeah, that was one of the charges. Um, I'm trying to think that they find me guilty of that because the one girl said that I pushed her full force, like I, as if, I'm sorry, it's going to be creaking for a second. I'm going to grab these charges so I can read it to you. Mm-hmm. But they, um, um, she said that I pushed her full force with my hands. Excuse me. Where's that, where's that, that um, notebook? Oh, it's right here. Never mind. Sorry about that. Trying to stay away from the noise. No problem. You're okay. Yeah, I'm just grabbing. I have this, I have this notebook with um, some of the papers in it. And I'll read the charges to you. Oops. But in the meantime, we can, we can speak about something. One, I think one of the questions that you you had when we were talking about this um, before she and she came uh, uh, on was the number of witnesses there at the scene, and um, right, we we were trying to Miss Horn, we were trying to put together. Um, well, I can understand it now. Now that I think about it, and after she said it, so yeah, there were other police officers there, but however, she just indicated that she just said that one said that she jumped on her tried to stop her uh something to the effect of he's just doing his job or, or something like that so yeah the, the 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 witnesses one that that we were thinking are there that you would think would say something are other police officers who probably and tell me if i'm wrong i'm just going to take a guess here miss horn were they white wow how'd you guess that yeah the black <laughs> testimony they didn't listen to either any black officers or any black civilians that were there. So, listen, the charges were Officer Horn jumped on Officer Kwiatkowski's back and or struck him with her hands and or pulled him backwards away from the arrestee. So, and that one, um, that was... Um, I was trying to see what the um, actual charge was. There's a lot of them. Was just you were saying earlier about the 20% that obstructing. are bad, that won't do anything. Right. 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 And and there was a there was a clique that was there that um, basically made up this story. So I guess when I said that he was choking Neil Mac, they did not understand that he had his Neil Mac's back against his chest, and he was choking him that way. So I guess when they were making up their story, some of them may have thought that he was face-to-face with Neil Mack. But see, he had Neil Mack against his chest. I was in front of Neil Mack, mm-hmm. which means that I cannot jump on his back because if I'm in front of Neil Mack, I'm in front of him also. Right. So, so whoever made up the story must have thought that, you know, he was choking him with his back. I mean, with his face to Neil Mack and his back towards me, which was not the case. Hmm. It's it's. So is there anything that we could do, as far as trying to help you with the situation? I need a lawyer because now that he has gone to court and testified that he's lied in these hearings, and even though he didn't specifically say he lied in my hearing, I have the proof to show that he did. Mm-hmm. 
I have the proof to show that basically it was a conspiracy. But the, the FBI gave him a reduced sentence, sentence and um, they also basically cannot go after him for anything that he's done in the past. So he, he's come out smelling like a rose again. Mm. Wow. Well, for me, I just want my pension at this point. You right. know, it's like I kind of feel like I just fought for, like, no reason. Um, and I, and I, you know, back in the day, the churches used to be part of the struggle, mm-hmm. part of the, the movement. But now they are, they're not. They're not doing like they used to do back in the day. Right. It, now, and then on top of it, uh-huh. he, he sued me for $65,000 and won because the attorney that I had didn't tell me I had court. What? So he got a summary judgment. So, $65,000, $20,000, which he's already gotten. So let me wow. let me make sure I understand this. You stop a fellow police officer from choking out, well, at that time was a, a suspect that was handcuffed, and hit, mm-hmm. prevent him from killing him. They mm-hmm. accuse you of obstruction, um, probably assaulted somewhere in there by because you stopped them, um, and then fire fire you, and they say, "Oh, she's even though you worked twenty years on the police force, she's only worked nineteen point one, which allots you to mm-hmm. lose your pension." The the um, the union took their hands out of it. So you had no mm-hmm. help from the union, which typically people are supposed to, police unions, the way that they um, promote police unions, for those of the listeners who may not know, they promote them as they stand by their police officers no matter what. So right. n- now that the union is out of it, that means that you're not getting any help for attorney fees from, from uh, the police union. And the, right, so the attorney has also a lawsuit, I mean, a, a judgment against me for $303,000. Mm-hmm. Mm. So on top of that, <clears throat> on top of that, the guy was then convicted of doing, of doing the same thing that you tried to stop him for years prior. This same guy, after that, comes back and sues you for $65,000 and wins because your attorney didn't tell you that you were supposed to be in court? Exactly. What kind of what kind of justice is that? That that is that is terrible. And I'm I'm going to say this right here on this show. The city of Buffalo and Mayor Byron Brown should be ashamed of themselves. It's one thing to be political. You know, you got to be political, you do what you got to do, mm-hmm. but right is right and wrong is wrong. And the fact, the fact that they have the audacity, and here's, and, and you tell me, Juan, what you think, but here's what I think. You can tell this is a slap in the face, and this is a way of trying to teach her a lesson. And the reason I'm saying that is, you know that she put in 20 years, so we know what? We're going to make sure that she doesn't say anything. We're going to make sure that she understands that if she opens her mouth again against another police officer, or the next person comes in and sees something... They're going to understand. They're going to remember Miss Horn's name. We're going to put down 19.1 hours, uh, 19.1 years that she worked. She won't get pension and let her figure it out herself. She doesn't have the money to be able to keep this thing going against us, so eventually she'll just fade out. That's exactly what happened in this particular instance. 
not only was it wrong, it's common sense. And that's one thing that I try to bring to my podcast and to our podcast for my listeners. Use your common sense in what you're hearing. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this makes perfect sense to me. It'd be one thing if you said, hey, this guy has a clean record. No one has ever reported he wasn't convicted of anything. You know, we tried our best and we fought the good fight. But the fact that the federal, the FBI found him guilty, yeah. that's a, that sits very, very wrong with me. That's that's a huge problem. He pled guilty and on the stand basically said, listen, I'm a liar. I've lied in these other things. You Basically, you can't believe me. I'm a liar. It's our great judi- judicial system at work. Not me. I'm, not that I'm a liar. He's a liar. That's, <laughs> so hopefully you, you understood that. Yeah, yeah. No, I understood what you were saying. I'm just saying. Okay. No, uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying mm-hmm. the fact that you you have a mayor who probably can make something happen. Even if he were to give you a job um, so that you could get benefits or a pension for yourself, he could make that happen. You know, this disability stuff, I, I you know, and I hear what you're saying on that, Miss Horn, and excuse me mm-hmm. if I sound like I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because I feel, I feel for you because it's not right. Now, the thing is, we don't hear stories like yours all the time, which is why I was so mm-hmm. adamant and so um, adamant about trying to get you onto the show because mm-hmm. you are a great example of someone who stood up for something that you saw was wrong and this is the outcome that happens. Because I'm going to tell you right now, and you already know this, there are a lot of people out there that don't believe these type of things happen. Oh, well, she had to have been doing something or she exactly. she she had to have assaulted him. At the end of the day, Look at the facts. That's what they tell you in court. Look at the facts. Use your common sense. The facts say that this police officer has admitted, who has admitted to doing wrong. The police officer said he lied. The police officer basically said, I am not worthy of being a police officer. This guy was promoted through the ranks after this incident occurred and after she was let go. Now, you tell me how that is fair, how that's a fair judicial system. It's, it's it's it makes absolutely no sense, and then they wonder why black people get upset when something happens because we've seen it not only for years and years and years and years and years, we consistently see it in this day and age that we're in in 2018, injustice is being done, cops doing what they want I mean, to do, and it I mean, just if, if they would do this to one of their own, then what 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 hope did I have? Mm-hmm. You don't. So that's where the stand your ground law comes in, where people need to stand their ground against these police officers. Mm-hmm. Because if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least it should be. At least it should be, I should say. Now, talk to us a little bit about your activism, because um, um, Juan and I want to help you in any type of way that we can. So we're going to, Juan, and we, we can come up with some ideas off the air, but we need to do something to try to help her and, and to get it, uh, promote, you know, tell her story. Because I think, you know, in the beginning when something happens, you hear about things, um, mm-hmm. people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like anything else, it dies out. Um, right. you know, whether it's, a, a you know, a, I don't know, a GoFundMe, there are so many different things that are out there 
you know, attorneys that are willing to look at the case and do maybe do some pro bono work. Um, you know, any of our listeners, I'm, I'm going I'm to say it right now, any of our listeners that are out there that may be attorneys or um, we have a lot of viewers that know people that have c- connections, um, please send any information that you can uh, to help Miss Horn to uh, Frank Styles, and that's S-T-Y-L-Z at BossRadioStation.com. So that's Frank Styles at BossRadioStation.com. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that we put your story here because um, here in North Carolina, there are a lot of people that haven't heard your story. And you probably, you know, have some people that are, uh, that are empathetic of what's, what happened to you. They may not be police officers, but maybe they had a loved one that mm-hmm. was thrown into jail because of a corrupt, you know, a corrupt cop or a cop that wanted to use excessive force. Um, but it just, it just pains me that Byron Brown, as a black man who knows the judicial system is not fair, who knows that him coming up as a black man in a in a city like Buffalo, New York, which which at one point in time was ranked as one of the well, most he grew racist. Up in New York City. Yep. He's from Queens. Oh, he's from Queens. Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. which at one point in time was named one of the most racist cities in the United States, would not do what's right. And I, I think it's I think it's wrong. I think it's a, a you know, I, I, it's just kind of, I, I'm I'm at a loss for words. Juan, I'm gonna go ahead and let you speak a little bit because uh, hearing her, seeing seeing a video on YouTube about her story and seeing a news clip is nothing like hearing it firsthand from her. Because we always talk about the corruption that's in government, but until you really see it face to face, you really don't feel it. And then we wonder why there's always this disconnect between the black community and those that are supposed to protect and preserve. The, the, the community. But when you have, like I said, if you have people like this doing this to their own, I really don't have a hope. I don't have a anything that I can really put my trust in because if you would do this to a person that's trying to do the right thing, and even though I might make a mistake and do something I shouldn't be doing, why would I even expect to be treated any fairly when you do this to your own that's trying to do the right thing? This woman did not have to put her life on the line to make sure that everything is working the way it's supposed to be working. And when she does that, then she gets persecuted for doing the right thing. So why would I? Why would I even want to do that? Why would? Why would I want to become police officer when I see that this person that put her life on the line daily, anything could happen to her, anything can cause her to be taken away from her family. But she says, you know what? I'm going to accept this responsibility of making sure that this community is is well protected and that it's safe. And I would expect the same thing from my fellow. Uh, officers, those that work with me to protect me, to have my back. But then when I see one of them stepping out of line, he decides that, no, this is not the way it's going to be. Instead of, of, of saying that I need to toe the line, I need to do the right thing, I'm going to treat people not like I want to be treated, but I'm going to project myself as an authority figure. So whatever I do or whatever I say, this is what needs to go down. But then when somebody steps up and says, well, you're going too far, you, you're doing too much, you, you need to calm down on what you're doing, then that person is punished. Not the person that's doing wrong. They get promoted. They get put above everybody else. So what, why would I want to trust a community policeman that's supposed to be protecting me when this is going to happen? Why would I even want to join the department? 
And it's the same thing that happens all over this country. And people exactly. look at it and say, well, I, I really can't believe that this is really going on. It's got to be those people. Those people just doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. But you never want to look at the people that that are supposed to be protecting and preserving and serving the people. You just want to look at the people and the wrong that they're doing. And I'm just so sorry that this happened to you. I just wish there was something I could do right now to make this right with you, but there's nothing in my power I can do. And people that are in a, a governmental position that know that they have something that they can be doing and they should be doing and not doing, shame on them. That is a shame on them. They're the ones that have to live with that shame. And, um, you know, Ms. Horn, you know, we're going we're gonna, to um, – now that we're connected, we're going to stay in contact with you. Um, I can think of some more, um, you know, we're probably going to have some more shows coming up where you can be, we'd like for you to be on and, and be an expert in, in, in some things just because of your experience. You're, even if you weren't a police officer, I mean, just the experience that you had, you could have been, you know, a citizen at that time seeing a police officer do something wrong. And I would say the same thing because, again, People don't believe that these things actually happen, or people truly believe that, you know, she again. Yeah, she, the story. Yeah, she 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 was doing something wrong. I I remember years ago and before we had you know cameras and and all this you know on cell phones, but when the Rodney King beating came out, um, there mm-hmm. were people saying then the man was you know that man wasn't moving; it was being brutalized by several police officers. And the people's response was, well, he had to have been doing something wrong for him to get beat like that. <laughs> Even yeah, if, they, they tried to make you think that you didn't see what you saw. Right, right. You know, and, and, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, it takes, you know, you do, the, you do your protesting and you do all that stuff, and then they don't listen. The only time you get their attention is when you start tearing up the city, and then they don't understand why, to Juan's point, there's a, a, a disconnect between the black community and police officers. And not all police officers are bad, to your point as well, as you indicated earlier in the show, Ms. Horn. We know that. Um, but we also know that there were people in, in, in there are people that are scared, that are in your position. They have families. They don't want to lose that. And basically what happened here is, as I said earlier, they, they made an example of you, and that was not right. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was not right at yeah, all. Yeah, because one guy... There was one guy, because I was, like, um, doing Skip the Dishes, which is, like, a food delivery service. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a um, college police officer that I had to drop the food off to. And um, I recognized his last name, so I asked him, you know, did he have any uh, relatives on the police on the Buffalo Police Department? Um, because he was working at the UB police. And he said, yeah. And so then I told him that I used to be on the police department. He asked me my name. He said, oh, I heard that name. I think I heard it in the academy. I said, really? What did you hear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my thing is, like, so now you're teaching people about me? Like, um, and what are you saying? Wow. There was another guy that told me at, that he took a pistol course. And when he took that course, that the guy basically was um, mentioning me, but basically in a negative way. You know, to say, like, this is what you don't do or this, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so um, then, yeah, I wanted to, like, tell you about the, the one, the charge. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, they tried to, like, make it, they tried to blur it because it was actually, like, two different incidents. One inside, 
went outside. Now, when I first came to the house, he was already handcuffed and he was being beaten. He was being punched in the face by, you know, Gregory Kwiatkowski. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what happened. So my thing was, okay, I came for officer in trouble cause. So, you know, um, didn't look like no officers were in trouble. So I'm thinking like, man, we need to get him out of here, you know, before he kill him. That's what I was thinking to myself. And so there was another officer, a black officer that was in front of me, um, and he basically said, Greg, let me get him. Let me cuff him in the back because he was cuffed in the front. Mm-hmm. And he was kept punching and basically saying that the mf wouldn't listen or whatever. So then once he swung him towards the door, you know, I helped try to push him out the door. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we um, they somewhere in the front pulling or whatever. We were in the back pushing. And so then once we got outside, now that, that happened inside. Now he's already cuffed, which is clear to me that he's under arrest. So once we get outside, then, you know, um, the officers are dispersing. I'm going to my patrol car, but they're in front of me. So he just stopped. Gregory Kwiatkowski just stopped and just started choking him. And I'm like, Greg, you're choking him. You know, like bring, trying to bring him back to reality. Like, you know, whatever happened in the house is over. Right. So he didn't stop. So I grabbed his arm from around his neck and then he punched me in the face. So when I tried to, to um, press charges against that, they said, oh, it has to be investigated. I said, how does that have to be investigated where I can go lock somebody up on information and belief? I'm mm-hmm. not there when it happens. So, you know, I just have to go by what they tell me. So I can lock somebody up on information and belief, but you can't lock him up when I'm telling you that he punched me in the face and I want to have him locked up. They wouldn't do it. After that, then the charges came back on me. But Anyway, um, you know, with with the um, charges, I'm just going to read this part where um, while on duty, Officer Horn initiated unwanted and unwarranted physical contact with Officer Gregory Kwiatkowski while Officer Kwiatkowski and other police officers were engaged in the arrest of David Mack by jumping on Officer Kwiatkowski's back and or striking him with her hands and or pulling him backwards away from the arrestee. So they blurred it. They tried to make it seem like He's engaged in the arrest, and I just decided that I was just going to, wait, that's what they say, that I was going to jump on his back, strike him with my hands, or pull him backwards, mm-hmm. which was not the case. Like I said, he was already arrested when I walked into the house, and when he started choking him, it was outside of the house. So it was like two separate incidents where when they bought these charges, it didn't make sense from the beginning because he was not engaged in the arrest. The arrest had already happened. So no one asked the question, well, what reason would this woman have to jump on this man's back if this is what's legend? You know, what's funny is because I said the only thing they had to do was just say one word and ask one question, and that is why. Why would I just okay. come to a scene and just decide that, you know what, I want to jump on this man's back. I want to fight this officer. Matter of fact, I want to fight this other one too. So I'm just going to go and just start fighting officers. Wow. It didn't make sense. Because it didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. That is I mean, crazy. once he punched me in the face, don't get me wrong, I wanted to defend myself, but that was after he punched me in the face. Yeah, that is crazy. And so... It could affect me because we don't really talk about it, but the same thing happened to me and my family. My uncle was on the police department, and the same thing happened to him. He was trying to stop officers from beating up this guy. 
But instead of being sued like you were, he ended up having a plate put in his head. Hmm. He was a police officer? Yes, ma'am. And they beat him? Yes. This was like wow. 50s or 60s or something like that. So you know. Oh, yeah, because he was a nigga that was out of place. Exactly. That's how they looked at it. Hmm. Exactly. Well, it's still the same thing. And, the, and actually, it, it's, I mean... I was going to say it's funny. It's funny, but it's not funny because, um, or I should say it's ironic, I don't know. Um, Roots was on, and I was watching it. Um, I had already watched Roots, like, plenty of times before, but this was after this case. Um, I watched it, and then I just started crying because I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. They want me to have a slave mentality. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, um, are we really free? Like, obviously not. Hmm. And that goes for all of us because these cops keep getting away with with different things, and um, now they're calling people out who are calling the police for like no reason because they fear for their lives, which of course gets into the um, stand your ground law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of people fearing for their lives. Well, what makes me scared and fear for my life would probably be different than someone else. And that could work for a citizen, maybe, um, but not for an officer, because number one, you take the job knowing that there's dangers in it. Mm-hmm. And if you fear for your life, then you don't need to be on a job. Um, there's like a um, officers, black officers who are against um, uh, police brutality, um, and and one being a Burnell Burnell. Um, He's in, trying to think where, I don't want to say the wrong place, but like he's taking the kids camping and doing things with them Mm -hmm. um, to basically catch them at a young age and put some positivity into their lives. And then although he's showing them, you know, what good officers are like, you know, he needs to also educate them on what bad officers are like. Right. Yes. Yeah, um, I I think I know that officer you're you're uh, referring to. Um, I've I've heard his name before, but he does stuff with he goes out into the community and does stuff with the kids, and um, he does a lot uh-huh. of does a lot of positive things. Um, you know, yeah, you know, um, one of the things one of the things we're, we're while we're on it as it's a good segue into stand your ground, Miss um, Horn, as you mm-hmm. have have been mentioning. Um, I think the most uh, well, the the first time I heard of Stand Your Ground was, of course, with the whole Trayvon Martin situation. Um, right. We knows that we know that that is the defense that uh, George Zimmerman used um, after mm-hmm. he killed Trayvon Martin. Um, but one, why don't you go into the most recent case uh, that occurred? And again, again, I believe that was in Florida, right? Was that also in Florida yeah. again? Uh, Clearwater, Florida. Mm-hmm. What apparently happened was um, this couple with their children at a gas station. And instead of parking in a regular parking spot, they parked in a handicapped parking place because they had no intentions of being in the store that long, just run in, run out, get whatever they needed. So while Mm -hmm. the guy was in the the store getting the items, uh, this other guy comes to the car 
and starts fussing at the woman inside of the car. So someone uh, that was standing outside goes into the store and tells the man that, hey, somebody's out there messing with your family. They, uh, a guy is fussing at your family. So he proceeds mm-hmm. to walk out of the store and to find out what's going on. He walks up to the guy, pushes him down to the ground. He pushes him down. He steps back. And then the guy that's pushed to the ground, he pulls out a gun. Pulls out a gun and shoots him in the chest. The guy then proceeds to go into the store, and the guy dies on the store floor. Hmm. And would not be arrested because the sheriff said that they had to investigate because he was using the stand-your-ground defense. I understand using stand-your-ground when you're being assaulted or something of that nature, but when you are the aggressor, then how do you get to use a law when, actuality, you're the one that's, that's provoking somebody else to do something? I don't agree right. with the man pushing him because any other time that might have been looked at as an assault, mm-hmm. but that still does not give you the right to take his life. If you're right. so afraid so- of... Of, of of your life being taken, then you should not have said anything to the person in the first place. Exactly. He knew he had that gun on him. That's why he felt the power exactly. to do it. So it's been over years. It's been like three or four instances that this man has done something with this weapon. He's uh, pulled the gun on people that were driving too uh, slow in front of him. He's been at a traffic mm-hmm. stop. A teenager was, was uh, in front of him. The light changed, and the man didn't move fast enough. The teenager did not move fast enough, so he pulled out a gun out his window. Why is this guy walking around with a loaded weapon, and people are not taking it from him? I don't understand that. Well, see, we don't have an understanding for it, but they have an understanding for it. And the reason I say that is because it's happening over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So the thing about it is... um, Instead of us talking about what we don't understand, we need to just get prepared because um, I am, um, what do I want to say, like borderline my Luther King, Malcolm X, you know, because <laughs> at this point, you know, it's like being nonviolent has, has, is doing nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I said if it wasn't for my, my children, and I, and I can say this um, now, but... If it wasn't for my children, I don't know what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Because, because, no, it's fine. Because um, I just felt like, you know, I'm not going to go home and be abused. Why would I go to the job and be abused? Like, this is something that's just not going to happen. Right. But because of them, I had to think about it, you know. Um, and then it's like, you know, being bullied. Like, when we talk about bullying or whatever. It was like being bullied because now I got to go to work and get um, punched in the face and there's nothing I can do about it. And, you know, then I have all of these false charges and then have this girl come out of nowhere saying that I pushed her when I know I didn't. It was like I wish I would have done something. If I'm going to be accused of it and lose everything, then I wish I would have done something. So it makes you say, okay, well, you know what? I'm not just going to go down. You know, for no reason. I just as well do something. But I had to look at my children and say, you know, I had to remain calm for them, you know, and pretend like everything was okay when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do drugs. No, I, I didn't and I still don't. <laughs> Let me say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just that, you know, I, so I would, I would hold in all of that stuff and 
you know, sometimes it would come out with my attitude, and they'd be like, Mommy, you need to chill. Mommy, maybe you do need to smoke some weed so you can chill out or something. <laughs> like, no, I don't. <laughs> I'd be like, no, I don't. I need to be able to think. Right. And, you know, so, but the thing about it is that everything that I have done, even getting locked up, even, like, going to court to answer for my charges and be locked up again and then have a black judge tell me, I said, so what you're telling me is that if I go into any courtroom or any, and I have some, some activist friends who were in court with me, I said, or any of my, my um, basically activist friends, we can go into a courtroom and somebody can just like, not like the way my hair looks and they can say, you got to leave. You're telling me I have to leave. And he says, yes. So when I went to court um, last week, I've been, was that last week? Yeah, it was last week because I've been here for a week today. Mm -hmm. um, so when I went to court, well, I've been here a week today, so it was a week before. Um, when I went to the federal trial, their star witness was Gregory Kwiatkowski. He already made his plea deal. The FBI wanted me, and I did it. They wanted me to sit in the back of the courtroom, not just in the back. So I'm thinking of Rosa Parks in the bus, right? <laughs> they want me to sit in the corner. <laughs> so because I wanted to hear his testimony without getting kicked out of court because I knew once she asked me to leave that I would have had to leave, mm -hmm. I sat in the back in the corner. I felt so humiliated. But I said, well, it's for the young men. And it was for my um, friend because see, this case stems, I mean, it goes deep. The um, When the union backed out on me, there was another police officer who came there with me. So she was my, and I'll be putting my fingers up, she was my attorney mm -hmm. um, when I didn't have one. It was her son that Gregory Kwiatkowski decided that he was going to stop around Um and, pu and push their heads into the car. Um, so it was her son. Her son was not the one that was shot with the BB gun. It was his friend. Oh, okay. Um, but if it wasn't for them, I, would, I wouldn't have done it. But I said, you know what? I need to hear this testimony because somebody else can tell me what he said, but I want to be here and hear for myself because I know what can help my case. Mm. And when I heard him say that he lied in the same um, hearings and depositions and everything that he gave on my case. Oh, it was, it was the um, the lawsuit against the city. Then once he said, once he said he lied because he didn't want to get in trouble, I was like, wow, that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't want to get in trouble in my case either. So I don't know. I need an attorney to to um, decipher that for me, of course, because I know as far as common sense, you know, that it, that it should help. But because the city has been sticking to their guns and like, nope, we're not giving her nothing, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, I was trying to figure out what type, what angle I have to go through. But, you know, to sit and go through that stuff year after year and then decide, you know what, I have to shake it off and I have to get back into this. And then have this trial come up and hear him say that he lied and he get a sweet deal where the most time he can get is a year. Mm -hmm. And the the F, and the FBI say, well, we're going to recommend that you get probation. That their star witness is a liar and only can, only will get probation. And I'm sitting up here with no pension, and this dude is sitting there 
getting his pension and he just wants everything to be over. Like, this has been going on for almost 13 years for me. Wow. So I'm thinking, like, you know, it, it takes a lot. And then at the same time, I believe that he said he has PTSD because of me. What? <laughs> he going around beating up people, slapping people, choking people, and he's got PTSD. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And and a lawsuit against you. And he, yeah. Jeez. And so I'm supposed to walk around and feel good about walking around in that city where I applied for a job with my um, so-called best friend was working, and you know she tells me to put the application in, mm-hmm. and then I don't get the I don't get the job. It's like um, it was working with the the community with. Um, neighborhood with the neighborhood uh, community groups right something something that I really would have loved to do and then I said to her you know that I was like a little upset with her I did like come clean and be like because you know you told me to put the application in mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I did what you told me to do and I still don't get the job and she said it wasn't because of her so I felt like that's fine who was it because of because that's the person I need to talk to right and she wouldn't she wouldn't tell me. So I'm thinking like, mm, nah, she can't be my friend. Like I think she's supposed to be my friend. Mm-hmm. Because at least if you know, if somebody was holding her back if the situation was reversed, I would have said, Well, you need to go speak to such and such because, you know, I did everything I could to try or whatever. You know, I just wouldn't cover up for somebody, especially after she knows and I understand that she has children and she needs her job or whatever. But I wouldn't have went and said, oh, you know, this person told me this, so mm-hmm. I want to know this. I would have went there with some dignity mm-hmm. and respect, right. you know, and said, you know, why why can't I get the job? Or, you know, is there is there a problem? You know, but everybody is so connected to the mayor because he's giving them jobs, mm-hmm. which I think is a great thing. Yes, it's a great thing he gave them jobs, but, you know, they act like, well, I guess. I can't ask anybody to be without a job because I know how it feels. Right. But then, but a job is a job. It's not, or it should be your life. I will hope that it's not your life. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier about when 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 you talked about stand your ground and one you mentioned um, that the, the gentleman used that as his defense. And I was just thinking as Miss Horn was speaking, that's so bullshit though. I'm a, and I'm gonna tell you why it's bullshit. It is. I'm gonna tell you why it's bullshit. It's bullshit because there was a young woman who was being who had constantly uh, had been jumped on in the state of Florida by her boyfriend or her husband. I'm not. I cannot remember. Husband. Her husband. husband. By her husband. She chased. He chased her into the garage, and she had the gun. She fired into the air and told him, "Do not come." near her or put his hands on her or she was going to she was going to shoot him and they end up locking her up fired a warning shot yeah fired a warning shot fired him fired a warning shot yes yes that's why I'm saying like this law is used for those that they want to use it for which by the way in the Trayvon Martin special that I've been telling everybody about and here on this podcast the Trayvon Martin special which continues uh, tomorrow night I think it's at nine on the Paramount Network or BET uh, Network. Um, the previous episode of the Trayvon Martin special talks about who helped get that law passed, and 
lo and behold, it's the NRA. The NRA had a big, wow. a big, a big piece in getting the stand your ground law passed. Um, 